Hey guys, and welcome back to Smells Like Teen Angst. I'm Sarah, and this is Poppin' Off at Pops, our Riverdale after show. Yes! Welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about Riverdale, episode 9, chapter 85, Destroyer. But before we do, let me introduce my popping off of Pops partners in crime. As always, I have Kiki and Jordan. Ladies, introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Jordan. This is the angle I need to hold my head at to look nice in StreamYard. <laughs> when I'm not here talking about Riverdale with these lovely ladies, uh, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons, but we actually finished our first campaign. Uh, this is Dungeons Dragons. If you missed it, you can find the videos on demand on the Q Times YouTube. And since you're watching this on YouTube, you can literally just click over to Q Times and catch up on all our adventures before we start the next uh, campaign in May. Whoop whoop. Hey guys, it's Kiki. Hello again. Um, you will always find me here. And of course, when our lovely Dungeons and Dragons campaign returns, you will see me there as Buffy Jenkins, playing my heart out, maybe killing vampires with my butt. Who knows? Facts. <laughs> and we can always find you here. Yeah. Anyway, hello, ladies. So this episode was called Destroyer. Um, and you know, if I was trying to skip ahead, but I can't because you know what? Everyone was, was just as upset about last week's episode as we were. And we got a lot of comments and I picked a handful of my favorites for us to read because as you know, we like to read your thoughts. Um, also, oh, before we jump there, I'm all over the place. It's fine. We're now a podcast. So find us wherever you listen to your podcast, search for popping off at pops. We'll be there. Um, so first up, we have Daryl. He hit us with a couple. He's like, this key party was the <laughs> lamest ever. Why do you think orgies are good on a teen demo show? Like, writers, it's beyond me. Then you don't even give any fan service, which he's not wrong. Like, no one was hooking up with anyone. Yeah. It was super lame. Mm -hmm. I agree. With I love Daryl. I know. He's yeah. great. Don't worry. I've got another one from him later. Daryl's got um, the facts. Yeah, my songs for me. The only thing I don't like about Tony's argument is when she said she only wanted to be friends with Cheryl when the day before she asked if they could make things work, which is not wrong. So, like, that was kind of all over the place with how. Was it literally the day before when she wanted to see if they could make things work? And even you're. People aren't allowed to change their minds. One day you might be really into somebody, and the next day you're like, nah, it's happened to me. Fair. Or just wanting people. Um, no matter what the terms, like, you know, okay, well, you don't want to be with me. So at least be my friend. Right. And maybe that's kind of where Tony's coming from. Like, I can't erase all this history I have with you. So why are you completely icing me out? Yeah. I don't know, guys. Um, they ruined Barchi. This is from Lucy Pagano. They ruined Barchi and Archie's character. And for what? Boring and repetitive Archie. Yeah, this show has failed once again. Iron Man agrees. I know, right? Archie was one of my favorite characters after the time jump, but they just ruined him in one episode. We went off about this so much in the last episode because it's true. 
I'm sorry. I just got stuck on the fact that that person's username was Iron Man. Iron Man watches Riverdale? They do. And they watch, he watches Popping Off of Pops. <laughs> Doesn't he have a world to be saving? Come uh, on, Tony. He, Tony Stark is retired, girl. I know. He's a busy man. He's a busy, busy man. Um, we've got, like, why bring V? I'm not going to read all of these because a lot of them were just like, why bring this back? It upsets me. It's disappointing. This is from Jess K.M., the writers ruined Barchi from Sarah XO. Are Barchi, Choni, and Kings in one episode just to bring back Bug Barchi again? It makes no sense. Uh, Soraya, this episode was horrible. The time jump was supposed to introduce new dynamics, and they lasted three episodes. Everyone, I get you. I feel you. And then the the comment that sent shots fired in the world was this one from Daniela. Feel free to go in and read the response to her being like, what about Betty and Jughead? They've been together. Uh, I think the reason Barchi happened was to prove at the end of the day, they've become different people over the years, as Betty said. And that's what they didn't. They want, didn't want to take the relationship further. I don't know. It seems like they were trying to portray a lost love or something with Barchi until now. Veronica's reaction to knowing about Archie and Betty was reasonable in a way. She was the one who was married and everything. And it's been seven years since they broke up. Plus, given Archie and Betty, they were actually free to become something real, and it didn't say a lot. So that set off a stream of comments. I'm just letting you guys know. If you haven't seen it, pop over. It's pretty amazing. Well. I'm like, that's the Helen of Troy, you know, sent the ships comment. I can't and, say I agree with her. But... Right. I can't say that I agree, but like, good up for you for taking a bold stance. You yeah, know, I mean, right. you're so fuck. Stand on it, girl. Get it. Daniela, get, like, killing it. And then our this final one I pulled from uh, Daryl because he's the best. And he said, you made a lame episode more fun to be with your observations. Thanks. So you're I just welcome. Want, I was like, I just want to end it on, on a positive note. Because we complained a lot because last week's episode was trash. And then going into this episode called Destroyer, I felt like that was a really ominous title. For an episode where nothing really happens. Oh, all I could think about was the My Chemical Romance song. Anytime somebody says that word. Me too. Destroy. Yeah. I feel like, you. MCR. Kyrie <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. had the best line of this episode. He did. <laughs> when he sounded like a child. So let's jump in that real quick. So we've got the football team going, right? Archie, the team is constantly losing. He's apparently like a really bad coach. The team is <laughs> terrible. Um, and Hiram and the, the league send Reggie to be like, yo, you, you need to leave because you're dragging us all down. And he doesn't do it. So then Hiram is like, break some knees. And he says no. But when talking with Veronica Kiki, what does Hiram and his childness just like go into? He's just like, the bulldogs are garbage. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Um, I've heard they're garbage. And like with this stank face, garbage. And I loved it. I was like, yeah. He's just, it's so weird because I feel like we jumped ahead in time. Mm -hmm. But Hiram didn't and I feel like now the teen the teens that we were used to are kind of matching their parents in this like adult like dynamic but their parents now seem like children because their yeah. parents aren't meeting their level and 
the whole Veronica and Hiram thing is just so weird because she still comes for him with her daddy, but yep. he behaves like a damn child. And it's just like really hard to take him seriously. I know. She comes in like, I know you had something to do with sending Reggie or Reginald to <laughs> tell the Bulldogs that they can't be here, daddy. And he's like, well, that's because the Bulldogs are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I will never not hear that. But you know, great for him for always reading his lines with such gusto. Like, I'm just saying, Mark Consuelos may not be my favorite. I don't like the character of Hiram Lodge, but he is committed. He commits every episode and brings it. Agreed. He he will say Jack or Crack badge. Like, (laughs) Jack or Crack? (laughs) Like it was Jack? No, he said Jack or Crack. You oh, take that Jack Crack badge back where you came from, Betty. Oh, man. He said it with so much force, like it wasn't the most hilarious thing written. I, and I appreciate I, him for that. If they cast me as Hiram Lodge, I would have gotten fired. Fired <laughs> in my first week. Because I would have wasted so much film. I would have got up there and been like, the Jack or Crack. <laughs> and it just would have been two hours of that. Two hours of me trying to say Jack or Crack and just busting up into laughter. So oh good for you, Mark Consuelos. Yeah, right. being Killing someone's it. dad and being like, because the Bulldogs are garbage. Like, <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. The Bulldogs are garbage. Yes. <laughs> I could I, not take myself seriously. So uh, good for him. And he like, it, this whole football thing is so serious. I know it's all this Riverdale, Riverdale stuff. And he's just like, we got to break some knees. We gotta take the kid, the kitties out, and I just like. I just can't, and this is this was my biggest takeaway from the end of the episode, is that I thought with the time jump, time jump, that we were going to get some new character dynamics and also some differences in tonality, and yes. this episode is really driving it home that we are absolutely not. It is the same Riverdale for better or worse. And I, the juxtaposition of like, oh, there's a missing child, and we still don't know what happened with Polly, and football just didn't it didn't do a lot for me emotionally <laughs> i know and like the like everyone complained we complained it started with last week and ruining all the relationships and like speaking of polly poor alice can i just like give that woman a hug you know like betty gets the phone call that the blood matches what polly's because it's like the rarest in the world right and so then she goes to cheryl and has this like heart to heart with her and being like, Hey, if you would have known about Jason and you never knew, would you be okay? Or are you happier knowing? And Cheryl tells her I'm happier knowing. And then Betty still chooses to lie to her mom. Her mom who has been hitting the bottle, by the way, like Alice has been messed up. Mm -hmm. I I mean, that might be another reason too. Betty didn't want to send her in a further spiral. Um, we know her mom has an addictive personality, so mm-hmm. maybe she was trying to give her space, but I wouldn't have lied in that no. sense where I said it didn't match. I would lie to the sense of, you know, um, they haven't confirmed it yet or they don't know yet, you know? Yeah. When you're messy like that, you have to hit rock bottom before you get better. Mm-hmm. And while I get that Betty was concerned about her mom, she needed to just tell her the truth and give her that opportunity to just hit rock bottom, be at the lowest low, and then crawl up. And she didn't do that. Yeah, she yeah, took that choice away from her. Option. 
like, sure, that works for some people. But if Betty needed more time, if Betty didn't want to go through it with it, she shouldn't have lied to that capacity. Mm-hmm. And then can Keeping we talk? Her life is wrong. Yeah. And can we talk about how like everyone was really upset about the preview going? I know we don't really watch previews. We're always surprised every weekend, but like reading tweets and comments, everyone was really upset about like the bughead journey. But what mm-hmm. a letdown the bu- bughead thing was, right? They didn't really even go on a murder mystery hunt. I'm actually happy it was that way because I don't want to see Bughead get back together. I agree and so I'm you. glad that it really was just a means to an end. I have information. You can help me. And then like, I need help. Now I'm going to help you kind of this situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Jughead's just like, oh, I know this old man. <laughs> Let's go talk to. By the way, I am now convinced that Polly is still alive and the Mothman got her after this episode. Polly's I was going to ask what you guys think. Do you think Polly is alive? And everyone comment. Let us know what you think if Polly's alive. Polly is absolutely alive. The Riverdale writers love doing ridiculous stuff like this. So of course mm-hmm. they're going to try and convince, that, convince us that she's dead. And she's definitely going to come back as like the moth queen or some something crazy. Yes. <laughs> the moth, the moth man queen. Like moth it. man totally. queen. The moth woman. The moth we woman. Know Betty's, Betty's family has an affinity for cults. They're all about this life. There is no way that Polly is not becoming facts. Like Polly is not becoming like the queen of the moth man. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's happening. And then like this scene was very weird for me when Betty was sitting in her bedroom and she's going over the like conversations she's had with Polly. And then they like super zoom in on her eyeball. And then Betty turns into like a vigilante. It was dark. This dark Betty. Mm-hmm. I hate dark Betty. And here she is. In all her glory. Tying that poor trucker to the tree. Here's yes. my thing. It's not even about the poor trucker. How is Betty going to make up for the loss of income for these sex workers? Right? Like, I get it, Betty. You want them to be safe and sex work is not safe because of how we've stigmatized sex work. That being mm-hmm. said, they got bills to pay, Betty. What are you going to exactly. do? Amen, girl. My note was, look, Betty, let a trick turn a trick. Prostitution is literally the world's oldest profession how dare you take money out of somebody's mouth and hand get out of her pussy mind your business like if someone wants to sell their hey, body let them not sell their for body. children this is not for kids Sorry. i need that on a t-shirt <laughs> i'm just saying betty went like full-on like conservative party and was mm-hmm. like i'm saving them all and i'm like no are you gonna pay all their phone bills betty yeah. Are you going to feed all their children, Betty? Yeah. Like, leave them alone. Girl. If you feel like Captain Savaho, why don't you make a strip club so they can, like, earn a better living without having to get in these truckers' cars? All I'm saying is that Betty be better. She better start hitting out her Netflix password because it don't pay for itself, okay? Facts. Mm-hmm. Facts. Facts. And then you have, like, Clint rolling up in the end, and that's, like, the cliffhanger of the episode. So I'm just like, we all now know like Cliff is the serial killer, right? Like that's how this works. I'm, yeah. I just need one more, one Clint? more to rag on Betty. Clint. Just one second to rag on Betty. Oh, go for it. Rag away, girl. Hold on. Let me get, hold on, let me get through this platform. You're now it's your go for it. How would you feel if somebody showed up at your job with a gun and was like, don't do this anymore? Like if you fold to the gap and somebody was like, I'm saving you minimum wage to the gap, don't do this anymore. How would you feel? yeah 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 anyway uh i don't 
I don't know if, do you think Clint is TBK? I do. Mm -hmm. You think Clint is TBK? I I think Clint is TBK because like, they've barely had him here and she rips him a new asshole, right? Because she's like, if you were here, if you gave me the manpower, she was alive for a week. I could have saved my sister. And he's just like, and then he comes in like a white knight and tells her mother the truth on accident. I'm going to use quotes on that because I don't think it was an accident. And, uh, you know, he's just like, I'm going to now use the full force of the FBI when you could have done that a week ago. Also, I feel like it's very much like with him being her boyfriend and like always wanting to spend time with her and know where she is and just showing up at her house. Like a lot of that is kind of like synonymous with like being held captive by someone like he didn't kill her while he tortured her. He killed a lot of other people. He held on to her because he is obsessed with Betty Cooper and poor Betty doesn't even know she's dating the TBK. Yeah. That's what I, I think. I about that, but you guys could be right. Cause they've been right about a lot of things. So I'm going to hold to it. <laughs> well, I have to finish off the TBK storyline somehow now. And I really don't think that he's got Polly. Cause I think the Mothman has Polly. So right. somehow I've got to explain who TBK is and why he was so important. Right. So it could quite possibly be Clint. I will say the one thing that bothered me during that cliffhanger is that Betty kept screaming, you can't take me out of this case. It's my sister. It's my sister. When like they never would have allowed her to work that case in the first place because it's her sister. Never. Mm -hmm. That's why like doctors don't get to work on their family members. It's the same thing. You're too close to it. You can't see the forest through the trees. You know, you're like John Cena. can't see me. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Um, Let's move to, I guess, Jughead. Like we were talking Mothman. So, like, Jughead's this teacher, this kid writes a Mothman story, right? So, hold on, I have a picture of him. Here he is. Um, And he's got the, like, a drawing of the Mothman that he sees. He talks about the mole people who keep him locked in the basement. And then he's saved by the Moth people, and they do experiments on him. So, and he's walking the lonely highway. So I'm like, what is this weird introduction just to get rid of this child by the end of the episode? I, I think it's just to further the legend of the Mothman. And I do kind of wish they had kept the kid around, but I get that it, his storyline was definitely a means to an end, right? right? Because they used him to further the legend of the Mothman. They used it to introduce the Mothman to Betty, you mm-hmm. know, to Betty what was going on and prove that, you know, the or or at least plant the seed that the Mothman is the one who has Polly. So I definitely get why that kid was there. I was just kind of more annoyed by their portrayal of sleepwalking, because like that's not how sleepwalking works. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I can't say my experience with sleepwalking is this girl on TikTok who records herself. <laughs> She's my favorite. She's amazing. <laughs> when she gave the snow the white claw because she thought she was Yeah. A- <laughs> and she was like <laughs> Like, that's my experience of sleepwalking is this woman. So I don't know. I honestly thought they might actually go into a deeper storyline of how children use art and stories to express abuse. And how, like, his parents seemed like the perfect preppy people, but it turns out that they were actually hurting their child. And they didn't go that route. And I kind of actually feel like it's a weird missed opportunity to exploit, not exploit something, but to show something that kids actually go through. I am glad they didn't go that route because Riverdale would not have handled it well. And I feel that because of other things that happened in this episode that we'll talk about later. 
Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, do you want to? Oh, oh, wait, I have one more Jughead thing. My, my other note, though, is that so the our previous Riverdale teenagers are now adults, right? And they've always been played by adults. But now the high school kids are being played by actual teenagers and they look so young. <laughs> they do. Um, I also really thought it was hilarious that the principal's like, one more tiny misstep. That's, that's what I wanted to talk about. I was like, uh, how is this principal going like zero to a hundred on him? Because have we had any other example of Jughead messing up as a teacher? And also if you kick him out of the school, who the hell is going to teach English? Right? This doesn't even mean? exist. Like, y'all yeah, got no teachers. Weatherby, stop acting like you do. You don't. You don't. They had to come save your school. You're welcome. But, like, also, I don't feel like Jughead overstepped. If I feel like, like that's a teacher's job in a way is to observe and see and report, right? So. Mm-hmm. that's It's not only their job. It's not their they're mandated. They are mandated court reporters that if they suspect any kind of abuse or if they have any kind of evidence, they have to report it. So Jughead was actually just doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, thin line. The principal was like, I already did it. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean he would talk to you. So let me try. Since he obviously wrote a story for my classroom, he felt comfortable with me. So I mean, so that's one thing about Jughead. But I also feel like this episode with him confirming that he really wants to tell like another Riverdale story, the Mothman type of story, etc. It's just like, didn't Jughead already lose favor with the people of Riverdale by writing about Riverdale? And you want to continue down that path. And then on top of that, you know, he who just leaves their job anyway to take Betty to like old man Dreyfus. Like that was so <laughs> hold on, let me put these like deli cuts on ice for you and I'll take you to meet this old man like how can you just walk out of your job like that and he was just sitting there and the entire time I was like I feel like Jughead is bringing her here not to help her but to get her invested in his own crazy like conspiracy situation like it was so selfish and self-serving and I wanted to see them team up as the friends that we know them as in the show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't disagree with you. It is very self-serving of him. And I like that Betty's face was like, what is this? This is garbage. <laughs> like, this isn't even helpful. So I appreciate that she I- kind of brushed him off and was like, absolutely not. She's like, this is, I'm in the FBI. I take, this is not serious. And that's the one thing that I liked. I kind of appreciated their Scully and Mulder energy this week because she was very, even when she's like, well, Polly did describe something that could have been an alien ship or maybe she's just being held captive by weird people. Could be anything. Like, I don't know. This this show doesn't do supernatural, right? That's why they never really did the, besides it being canceled, they never did the crossover with Sabrina. So I feel like ev- they always have an answer and it's people. Speaking of them not doing supernatural and their no crossover with Sabrina, they did reference Sabrina this week. Did you notice that? No, I missed no. it. Do you they tell? Played, they played football against the Baxter High Ravens. Oh, was that oh, their team? Yeah. yeah. Oh, see? That was the first the team they lost to. Okay, that was that. Was, oh, the Mothman got Jordan. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens when I you know. talk about the extraterrestrials. We spent way too much time. 
and it got her. We spent too much time. Got mad at me. <laughs> we spent too much time on the Mothman, and he was he like, was "Done." <laughs> okay, so let's 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 move forward. Let's talk about the football game. I think I have an idea of the other section that you have an issue with, and we'll talk about it last. Um, the football game. Can we just say how much I enjoy a terrible Cheryl performance? <laughs> They're so great. I love them. I live for them. I wish I had video of it because it deserves everything. And the thing is, I don't like when Veronica sings. I was never big on a Josie performance. When Archie picks up a, a guitar, my ears bleed. But when Cheryl dances and sings, it's life. She is a personification of a character. And I just love it. I love I every second of it. The only musical performance on Riverdale that I've ever enjoyed was when they did Milkshake. Yes, that was so good. <laughs> it was the only one that I enjoyed. The, the other ones I have tolerated. Most of them I suffer through. And here's the biggest issue. And we talked about this when Veronica sang Shallow. Is that they pick these songs Sorry. done by singers who have these deep, rich, amazing voices. And Cheryl, Josie, and Veronica all have really thin vocal quality. And so it's very, even though, and like Stupid Love isn't even Lady Gaga's like toughest song to sing, but she's still got a very rich voice and Cheryl's voice is, it's like, no, it's not that. Water, baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not that. Um, in order to inspire the football team, Veronica continues to throw money around because that's all she knows how to do. And, and it's all she in, did this episode. All she did is she brought in this guy, which I like. There's an ism. He plays for the New York Goliaths instead mm -hmm. of the New York Giants. I don't know if his name is a riff um, on an actual. T-dubs, but I don't know enough about sports to know. I don't either. If you viewers, listeners, if you are familiar with football and you think his name is a play on something, let us know. Comment. Let us, you know, fill us in. Um, I do like that Reggie refused. Hiram's, you know, wanting to break the knees. So now he's like, well, then I'm going to be a bulldog. So I'm like, oh, we got Reggie back. Reggie is like, screw you, Hiram. <gasps> the Mothman! <gasps> no. Every time. No. I really should save a photo and pop it up when this happens. <laughs> um, welcome back. Did I you go quickly? that time. I know. He's punishing you. It's okay. Oh. oh. Um, I do appreciate that. He's just like, forget it. And now we've got Reggie back, I hope. And not just for this football game. Yeah. And I mean, I called that. There's no way Reggie's going to stay on Hiram's team. Uh, that's definitely Chadwick's own, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, God. They probably did get rid of Reggie to make room for Chadwick. Kill me now. <laughs> I so, don't have a photo of his creepy doll face, so don't worry about yeah, it. So I'm happy to see Reggie's little beautiful face back on the bulldog's side, riding or dying for his Riverdale homies. Yeah. He always added like a a fun party boy energy to it. Oh, I love Reggie. I love Reggie. You know what his little remember, mullet. Remember the original actor who played Reggie? Like <laughs> also cute, but not I, this is not this guy. No, he's taken on this role. It's kind of like when Coach left New Girl, right? And we got Winston. Mm -hmm. It was he's done a really good job of kind of recreating this character into his own, and it's really really fun. Reggie Mantle is definitely a favorite character, and I hope that he is now like Archie's assistant coach because I think that would be awesome. Yeah, and oh my man, oh my man. 
<laughs> She's like, let's wrap this up, guys. Let's wrap this up. We have one more topic. Welcome back. <laughs> I have had it with this motherfucking Mothman and this motherfucking broadcast. Okay, let's jump to, we finally know kind of what's been going on with Kevin. And it starts slowly in this episode with Cheryl sitting them down because she feels her key party was the cause. Because she's a therapist? Yeah, of the Fangs breakup. And then Kevin like is like, no, I'm going to go surfing for boys at a bathhouse. And tries to pick up the wrong guy and gets the crap beat out of him. And I was like, uh, I hated every second of this and wanted to turn the episode off. Yeah. The whole thing. The absolute whole thing. And making Kevin this character who has been so sure of himself and like out the entire show, like, uh, I think I'm just ashamed of being gay mm-hmm. at the end of it all is such a cop out and like fail and a lack of figuring out a real way to actually use the character on the show. Like that, it, there's no point to this, no point to this at all. Yeah. And realized homophobia is a real thing, right? And people struggle with it anytime. Yes. And, and that's valid, but the way that this was written, it was written so just poorly, just just incredibly poorly. There was a lot of telling and not showing. And then the one thing they did show is something that I never need to see on screen. I don't need to see a hate crime on screen. I really don't. The world is ugly enough as it is. Like there's enough hatred towards minorities. You can explore our stories without exploring our trauma. Oh, not a fan. No, not I agree. And you know, I'm sure this is a story that someone may have that it was a uh, a comment about his weight or possibly about his flamboyancy from his mother calling him Husky. I wasn't quite sure which one that went because Husky is a kind of an ambiguous term. Um, I mean, he, I was called Husky by my grandmother and that just meant fat to me. Right. So, but Husky so can also mean he's flamboyant and she was trying to buy him more manly clothes. The way that I took it was that his mom said something that made him feel like shit. You know, she called him fat. She hurt his feelings. So he made up an excuse to get out of the situation and said he was going to go hang out with Betty. And then he went and he hooked up with a guy for the first time and it gave him comfort. But then he felt weird about it after. Yeah. Gave him comfort and confidence and he kept going back for it. And so now he feels like he's just wired that way. Which I, you know, like the only through line of any kind of story for this is like when we learned Kevin was cruising a handful of seasons ago and Betty got on her righteous soapbox of, you know, which was slightly valid because she was worried about his safety. Uh, And, you know, so like now, like we've just turned Kevin into this like cruising guy who just likes to hook up with woods and random truckers and in bathhouses instead of like the person I feel like he grew to be. So he's just reverted. And it's just strange. It's very strange. And also, where did this guy in the bathhouse think that he was? Bro, you went to a bathhouse. You know what happens there. You know. Well, no, we, they were at the steam room at Archie's gym. Is that where that was? It's it a steam room like, at the gym? It said boxing inside the steam room. Oh, okay. I, you're probably right. I think you are right, Kiki. But on that note, though, I've been in the steam room at the gym several times, and you don't talk in there. 
No. If you're talking, you're trying to. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like we, I have been in Korean bathhouses and no one, I haven't seen it. But that is, I mean, bathhouses exist, but they are specific, you know, like you go to the gay bathhouse and that's what you do. And like this guy was from California. I'm like, don't continue to stomp on our Californians. We have wonderful gay people here. You right. Know? And uh, Orange I'm, County. But uh, yeah, he. <laughs> <laughs> right I, you felt, said it. I, I thought it you said it i felt like that was a very like salty like writer to bring up like la gays are so pretty like shut up yeah shut up i don't know it was really i agree jordan that this this storyline was really poorly poorly executed poorly executed it's just strange and out of left field but can we just say, like, his dad did a really lovely job of listening and just like, yes, Sheriff Keller. I, you, I love Sheriff Keller. And then, like, right when he hugged Sheriff him, Keller. yeah, him hugging him, I was like, that was lovely. Unfortunately, the story leading up to this moment was not. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I'm not a show writer. I don't know what his story should have been. If anyone had an issue, I would think it would be Fangs. And giving this to Kevin feels odd. Yeah. I would have accepted it from Fangs. Totally. 100%. I feel like Fangs already gives off a very, like, I don't know, not in, like, randomly all the way in type of vibe. Like, it felt very, like, a, an extreme turn for him. Yeah. So I would further see him detaching from this relationship and not wanting the baby than Kevin. Right. It's it's just upsetting because we didn't get much of Kevin and Fangs at all the first couple of episodes. And now that we're having them, we're having this, like, internalized homophobia storyline that just doesn't make any sense at all. Um, whereas, like, really they could have been giving us Kevin and Fangs the whole time after the time jump. And also they could have, if they wanted drama in their relationship, they could have just played it differently. And it could have just been about, like, commitment phobia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. His and which would make more sense since Kevin's parents aren't together, you know. So like, there's that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Strange choices here. Yeah. Even Fang saying that he's not ready to have a baby because he grew up as a serpent and his childhood was really unstable. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Makes that's what I'm saying. It just made so much more sense for Fangs to be the one who wasn't ready than for it to be Kevin, yeah. and to put Kevin through all this turmoil. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Beeps, let us know what you think. Was this weird? Was it not? I don't know. Um, was there anything else, ladies, that we missed that you wanted to talk about? There was no Tony. She must be having her baby. Yeah, I thought that. I was like, no Tony this episode. So all those Tony haters are probably happy. Mm -hmm. But um, they're probably like, best episode so far. When, by the way, it was probably the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it was the worst. I think last week's was worse than this. But Last this was funny like, to me. It was just an uneventful episode for like Destroyer. Who was the Destroyer? Please tell. Why was it named? I don't. I don't get the title. Yeah. Also, Riverdale, you know how to shoot football a lot better than the way they shot it. Get it together, because that <laughs> shit was messy and really don't, boring to watch. Just don't give me any more football scenes. I don't like them. I didn't watch Friday Night Lights for a reason. Stop doing this to me, Riverdale. <laughs> 
Football is fun, okay? But I know. It's pretty boring when you're watching people play a game and it just looks like a bunch of people running. I'm like, yeah. where's the actual plays? Like, who's doing oh. what? Like, it made no sense. I do want to say that I appreciate that the girl, the person who scored the one touchdown was the female uh, quarterback. I thought that was kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little sneak nice. play down the side. She does like a little twirly dance move and doesn't get tackled. Like, good for you, girl. She got it. Oh, and Veronica making like side bets with her dad without telling Archie. Anyway. Veronica side bets. Veronica, $10,000 for the first person to score. Veronica, I'm going to throw money and bring someone from the Goliaths. Veronica really just needs her bank account like canceled because the girl is, she's doing too much with her money, Okay. Yeah, she's doing too much. She just throws money around and fixes it. She's her dad. She's her dad as a woman. It's just like, we know this. She needs to, she needs to cut that American excess up, okay? Mm-hmm. Facts. The American excess, oh goodness. <laughs> All right, guys. As we know, the Bulldogs are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, make sure, thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, let us know what you thought of this episode. And uh, yeah, until next week, we'll see you later. Mid-season finale next week. Finale? Mid-season. Mid-season. Mid-season finale. Winter break. Okay, bye.